Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. When the Lord calls us to do His work, it always seems like that He promises us these three things. Number one, He makes sure that we have what we need to accomplish those things. So in other words, He doesn't just call us and give us a burden to do something, but He actually gives us the tools and the ability to do so. Number two, He makes sure that He is always with us every step of the way. So He doesn't leave us alone, but He promises us, hey, I'm always going to be with you as long as I am calling you. And number three, He always makes sure that we know that it is absolutely Him that is leading us. We see this pattern time after time throughout Scripture. Would you consider Abraham with us for a second? You know, God told Abraham, hey, Abraham, I want you to go. You know, he didn't know how long he was supposed to go for. He didn't know exactly where he was going, but by faith, he got up his family, he got his family together, and he went. How did God work in Abraham's life? God gave him everything he needed. He was with him every step of the way, and Abraham knew that God was leading him. How about Jacob? You know, God, Jake, uh, God told Jacob, Jacob, I want you to leave from where you are. I want you to go to a place called Bethel. Instead of arguing with God, Jacob gets his family together and sanctifies them and gets all his stuff, and he simply goes back to Bethel. How did God work in Jacob's life? God provided for him, protected him, and let him know that he was with him every step of the way. And by his grace, when he gets to Bethel, he builds altar and and while it was just a regular Bethel when God got involved he gives him the grace to name that place El Bethel so when God calls us to do his work these three promises always follow the question this morning is what has God called you specifically in serving the Lord in this specific local church Have you been obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit of God in serving Him this morning? You see, in our passage today, we see that Moses was simply not getting it. But I'm so glad for the fact that the Bible is not a recollection of perfect people doing perfect things. How discouraging would that be, amen? You see, you read the Bible and all these Bible characters are always perfect, always doing the right thing, and you look at your life and you know, you're always failing and you're always getting discouraged and uh, we find ourselves sinning all the time when like, no, 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 this is not that book. But the Bible is imperfect people just lo- like you and I that trusted God and obeyed God and experienced God in a very real way. So this morning I'd like to share with you how God worked in the life of Moses in learning these three promises. You know, if you've heard me preach before uh, at Lighthouse Baptist Church in Alabama, I'm among one of the uh, very favored preachers. And the only reason is because my preaching messages are short, amen? I get the plane flying and we get it landing. So let's look together for what God has for us this morning. Number one, I see that God's power makes the impossible possible. God's power makes the impossible possible. You see that God didn't call Moses for this great work in chapter 4 that we're reading, but it was actually all the way back in chapter 3. Look with me in verse 9 of chapter 3. The Bible says, And now therefore, 
Behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, Moses, therefore, and I, God, will send thee, Moses, unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So he meets God in a burning bush and God commands him to take his shoes off because he's uh, standing on holy ground. By the way, if you're in a Korean home or any Asian home, you're always on holy ground, amen? Your shoes are always off. But he says, hey, I'm going to use you. I'm going to call you for this purpose. Now, this was chapter 3. But all the way back in afterwards, now in chapter 4, where we just read our scripture reading, we see that he is still arguing with God about whether he's going to go or not. So we find ourselves in our chapter that we just read in Exodus 4 in verse 10. The Bible says, And Moses said unto the Lord, after a whole chapter of going back and forth, he says, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant all the way back in chapter 3, but I'm slow of speech and of a slow tongue. You know, I believe with all my heart, just as God spoke to Moses and commanded him to go, you see, oftentimes through our prayer time and through uh, his preaching, uh, the preaching of his word and through different avenues, God gives us a heart to serve and a conviction and a burden sometimes. And the Lord still speaks to us, does he not? But how many times do those small, still voices that God gives us actually translate into obeying the Lord in his service for him? You know, sometimes... You know, it comes through one ear and it goes through the other. Sometimes we make a decision for the Lord, but as soon as we hit those doors, what are we going to have for lunch is on our mind. You see, it's not the fact that God is not speaking to us anymore. He does, does He not? It's not the fact that He doesn't give us a burden anymore. He still does. But maybe the reason why those still small voices that are speaking to us does not translate to action is because we talk back to God like Moses. Lord, I'm too shy to share the gospel. Or Lord, I'm too old or I'm too young and I've been there and done that. Or Lord, I don't have the ability. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. But what was the first promise that God gives us when he calls us? It's that he'll make sure that we have everything that we need to accomplish those things. Moses tells God, God, I'm not a good speaker and I stutter and I just can't do that. And what does God tell him in verse 11? And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb or death or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Have you forgotten who I am, Moses? It's like, I made you, bro. I'm the one that's made you and created you and, and called you. And I'm going to give you all the ability and power to serve him. And when God gets to work, he makes all of those things impossible, possible. So what is God looking for? He's just looking for our humble yes, Lord. I've told this story in this pulpit before, but when I went to Alabama 12 years ago, it was a little bit of a discouraging situation. Well, um, I was going to Alabama to start a Korean ministry, to start a Korean church. Well, there's a lot of things that you have to know how to do in order to start a Korean church. Anybody want to take a guess? I mean, you can like the Korean food all you like, and you can bow good and you know, do all of those things, but 
You have to know how to preach in Korean, amen? Well, would that be fair to start a Korean ministry? If I were to go and, I don't know, start an a, 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 a Arabic ministry, then you would expect that I speak Arabic, right? Well, up until that point, you see, I didn't or had not had the opportunity to speak or uh, rather preach in Korean. So it was actually Pastor Choi here that pulled me aside and said, Hey, James, I know you're going to Alabama, but listen, this is what's going to happen. Have you ever preached in Korean before? I said, no, sir. So, well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to Alabama. You're going to preach your first Korean sermon. And because it's going to be so bad, you're going to get fired. They're going to ship you back. And I'm going to have to deal with you for the rest of your life. I don't want that. So he said, why don't I give you a few opportunities to preach in Korean before you go? So he was very gracious. I had an opportunity to preach one time um, in the afternoon service here at the Korean church. And um, I think he gave me two opportunities. So with the whole uh, two times under my belt, I went to Alabama to start a Korean church. You know, I had no family there and I didn't know anybody there. I went with a suitcase, two boxes of books, and $430 in my checking account. Well, all I knew was that God had called me, and He was going to take care of me. I knew that because He was leading me, that He was going to be with me. So I started to pray, started to reach people, started to witness and hold small Bible studies, and We started holding services, and though I had nothing, and I'm still nothing, I knew one thing, and that was all by the grace of God. You see, by His grace again, the Lord has called our family to launch out by faith to plant a brand new church in Irvine, California. You see, in our flesh, in our situations, we could have given every uh, excuse possible, but God reminded of his goodness 12 years ago, how he had called me and he had led me and he had taken care of me. And because we're reminded of his goodness again, I had to say, I'll go wherever you call us and wherever you send us. You see, maybe God was reminding Moses at this time also, Moses, I'm not asking for your ability. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm not asking you for anything else. But I'm just trying to confirm with you who has called you and who has made you and who has promised to be with you. Is it not I, the Lord? I'm just simply asking for your yes, Lord. Church family, maybe the Lord is reminding us once again this morning. If there's ever been a time where you love the Lord more, if there's ever been a time where you loved this local church more, if there's ever been a time where you were more faithful in serving Him more, maybe it's time for us to hit a reset button and take inventory of our lives and hearts to see if that spirit and passion ought to be restored. If God has called you, and if He's given you a burden to serve, go all in. That's your expectation for our family, is it not? You wouldn't support us and you wouldn't pray for us for us to not do those things. Well, God's expectation for this church family is for you to be all in in the things of that God has called you to. Because when God is involved, He makes all of those things impossible possible. So you might be sitting here and saying, you know what, I'm too old, I'm too young. 
I'm too busy. I don't have that in my schedule. I don't have the ability. You'll be amazed when you just say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. Yes, Lord, I'm available. God will give you the ability and he will lead you every step of the way. Not only does God's power make the impossible possible, but secondly, I see that God's presence makes fear turn into faith. You know, I see that kids love to jump off things, do they not? Not sure what it is about kids, but they love to jump off of things. Now, I think Aiden's a little bit too old, but can you come for a second? Now, I really needed like a three, four, five-year-old for this, but, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty good. Now, Aiden, do you like to jump off of things too? Yeah. You're supposed to say yes. Okay, good, good. So let's just imagine that he's five, okay? Five, okay. Now, I want you to just jump off of this first stair. Go ahead. Okay, now, that was pretty good, yeah. Now, if you look at him, now, he's not satisfied. Just look at his face. He's not satisfied. He's like, oh, Brother James, you're, you're making me do, you're embarrassing me, man. But if I could just go up a stair, and now if I jump, it might be a little bit more impressive. And off he goes. He jumps and does a great job. Either you think you could jump? Let's skip the third one. Let's go to the hardest one. You think you can jump from here and not fall? I think. I think. Okay. Are you ready? This is the only time you have you get to jump off from church during church with permission. Okay. Right, ready? Go. Go ahead. Jump. All right. Let's give a round of applause. Good job, Aiden. Thank you. Now let's say that Aiden gets. You know what? I did four stairs. And I'm so good, I'm going to keep it. And he goes up and up and up and up and up. And let's say that he goes all the way up to the top of that cross. And he starts jumping. Well, I know because Aiden's athletic. I've seen him play baseball and he's, he's very good. But let's just for that, I know you can do it, okay? I'm not doubting you. But let's just for the sake of illustration, he jumps from right on top of there. And this time, instead of landing perfectly like he did, but he falls straight on his face and all his knees are scarred and it's all bleeding and he starts crying. You know, at that moment where he is scuffed and bleeding and hurt, the last thing that I could convince him to do would be like, hey bro, go up again and let's do it again right now. He's going to try to stay away from that place as much as he can. Why is that? Because when hurt is involved, when a wound is involved, the kid no longer wants to jump. You see, Moses also had a wound. Was he not the one that killed that Egyptian soldier, the taskmaster that was messing with his fellow Hebrew man. That was just a few chapters back in chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 11, and it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown and he went out unto his brethren, looked on his burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. That was a wound that Moses really wanted nobody to know about. 
You see, Moses eventually gets caught and he runs for his life. And for many, many years, 40 years in his life, imagine that Moses lived a very dark life mentally, emotionally, and perhaps spiritually. You see, he probably felt like God could never, ever use me again after all that mess. You see, one of the biggest tools that the devil uses is something that we call self-talk. It's a conversation that you and I have in our minds. You've ever been there? You start talking to yourself. But it's a conversation that you have in your mind, but once you give just a little bit of crack, a little bit of opportunity for the devil to be involved, then he will begin to sow the seeds of illusion and evil and fear in your heart. Moses, hey, you're a murderer. How do you think God's going to be able to use you again? Hey, Moses, I know your thought life. How do you think God's going to be able to use you when we know what everything is going on? Moses, we know your past. We know your secrets. We know that you stutter and you cannot speak. But I'm so glad for the Bible. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, uh, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, church family, you and I also have a past. We've been hurt before. We have our, share, our fair and share of stories and, and experiences of failure. And we all have those things, if anybody would find out, that we would be very proud of. We've gone through life enough that we know what it feels to be hurt. Just like Aiden, that kid that fell and is hurt and no longer in his life wants to jump again. But you know, there's one scenario where this child will muster up the courage once again and say, you know what? I'm going to jump again. Do you know when that is? It's when daddy shows up. Hey, Aiden. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend like Brother Mike. Hey, Aiden. I don't know how much of a good job. But he's going to say, hey, I see that you're hurt. I see that you have a big boo-boo. Hey, but, 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 but let, let me heal you. Hey, this time, instead of jumping by yourself, why don't I jump with you? I know what you're going through. I know your hurts. I understand your past. I know your frustrations. I know you're discouraged. But let me heal you. Let me help you. And let me jump with you together. Isn't that like our Heavenly Father? Hey, Christian, hey, child of God, I know you're going through trials. I know you're down. I know you're discouraged. I know there are some, uh, some things in your life that you wish nobody will find out, but I know them, but I still love you. I want to help you. I want to be with you. Why? Because no matter what you've gone through, no matter what the trials, no matter what the failures, no matter what frustrations are you going through, I'm your Heavenly Father, and I love you. That was the moment of a turning point in the life of Moses. 
Church family, in a size of this room, everybody's in a different spectrum, somewhere in, the, in between of your spiritual walk with the Lord. Doesn't matter where we are right now spiritually, or what kind of failure that we've experienced in the past, but when the Lord is with us, we can live for Him, we can obey Him, and we can go forward in faith. Why? Because when He is with us, He turns all of our fear and He turns them into faith. Isaiah 41.10 tells us, Fear thou not, for I am with me. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. See, when Moses' fear turned into faith, and by faith with the Lord's help, he was able to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, and it's a happy ending. You see, as we're getting ready to plant a brand new church in California, there are some mixed feelings for us. You know, a lot of people have told us with legitimate questions, hey, why are you going to a state where everybody's getting out and you're trying to get in? Why not maybe take a church of a good size or so forth, but build something from scratch? Humanly speaking, there were so many questions and doubt at times, insecurity in our hearts and minds, but praise the Lord for His understanding and His peace that passes all of our understanding. You know, since He has called us once again, I believe with all my heart that He's going to take, take care of us. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that the Lord comforted us in this time of transition. I'd like to share that with you before we close. In Psalm 119.105, you guys all know this verse. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can we say that together? Ready, begin. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, if you think about a lamp, a lamp is not designed for us to see afar off, Right? But a lamp is designed for, to show us what's right in front of us. But boy, does it show us loud and clear what's in front of us. You see, God's will is not some mythical experience that we have to have. But rather, it's making sure that every single day that we use the lamp, the Word of God, to guide us, to make sure that we're in God's will. So every single day, if you're in this local church today, doing God's will today, trusting His lamp to guide us today, you just keep walking by faith every single day. And one year from here, five years from here, ten years from here, you're going to be exactly where God wants you to be. Why? Because I've chosen to make the lamp, the Word of God, my guide. And that's what we're trusting in. There's a song that starts, says, I don't know about tomorrow. And we really don't know. But if you and I are faithful in making sure that we're in God's will today, and you keep doing that tomorrow, the day after, we're going to be in good shape in God's will, serving Him. So we've talked about Moses this morning. He had his doubts. He had his insecurities. And he had some rocky pasts. But when he finally stepped up by faith and obedience to a God that makes all things impossible possible, and to one that turns all of our fear into faith. This was God's last words about Moses that we find in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11. By the way, 
Aren't you so glad that God's story about Moses didn't finish or end in Exodus 4? I'm so glad that he stepped up by faith. But this is God's last words about Moses, and this is what matters. First three words, the Bible says what? By faith, Moses. It doesn't say that pansy boy, Moses. It doesn't say that murderer, Moses. It doesn't say any of that. But God's final words about the reputation and the testimony of Moses is by faith, Moses. And I pray that that is the testimony of your life and my life. When it's all said and done, God would look at me and say, you know what? By faith, James. By faith, Richard. By faith, and put your name in. I wonder what's stopping you from taking that next step of faith today. In a room this size, everybody's next step is going to look different. Maybe your next step in your Christian life is maybe just showing up on time to church, amen? Maybe your next step in your life is is that you make a decision, hey, you know what, I've been hit and missed there coming to church, but hey, by the grace of God, I'm going to make a decision to be faithful to church every single Sunday. Maybe that's your next step. Some of you have been saved then, but not yet. I don't know, for whatever reason, you haven't taken that next step of baptism. Maybe you have been saved and baptized and long members here. But maybe you need to pray and make a decision. Hey, my next is going to be that my fire for the Lord is going to be greater than ever before. Whatever it is, whether it's fear, or maybe pride, or maybe insecurity, or maybe it's your hurt from the past. I pray that each and one of us, like Moses, will say, Lord, whatever you give me a burden about, whatever calling that you have upon my life, wherever that next step you're leading me to do, I will say, by the grace of God, yes, Lord. He's not looking for perfection, but he is looking for obedience. May we come to the place in our life when it's all said and done that we would be able to say, I know I can't do it, I know I don't have it in me, but since you're calling me, and leading me, I'll say yes.